You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be the driver in their own life through the life and stories of black women with drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine. I'm a business consultant, an executive coach, and a leadership facilitator, working with people and organizations to live their lives by design and not default. Welcome back to another episode of She's Got Drive. Welcome back. I feel like we're really in the throes of spring now. I have, um, I'm recording this in DC this week because we packed up the car last week on Friday and headed out of Chicago because we had to get out of Dodge to stay sane. We really needed a change of scenery. And even though we've been really conservative in our movements as a family, due to COVID, of course. You know, they say a change is as good as a rest, and it really has been. So we head back home tomorrow. But all that to say is, like, given all that we're dealing with, to try and see how we can rejuvenate ourselves through making some small changes or significant changes um, to our life, taking some breaks, however that looks for you. And you can still be really conservative in your movements in a new space, which is, I think, what we've been doing here. And the weather has been warmer and doesn't that make a difference? It really does to me because I live in Chicago. Anyway, um, I've got a wonderful guest today, Damona Hoffman, who we talk relationships, we talk about dating in COVID times, and we talk about her and her experiences. And we also talk about race. Again, this was one of the other um, interviews that was filmed last, filmed, was recorded. <laughs> well, I mean, it is on video as well, but it was recorded last summer. And so uh, there are references to that. That's, um, that's why, you know, it's been a while, as you know. I won't, don't need to say that again. It's been, it's a lovely interview and it's a bit different because I don't normally um, have a theme like this. I don't think I've ever done a, a episode that looks at this um in this way I have done an episode around relationships I was sharing in principles around relationships with my husband um before a long time ago now that's an episode if you dig back into the past but I think that this is a really good one for us to really pay attention to not just in for people who are looking for looking for love and new relationships but also what can we learn for ourselves about ourselves as as Debona shares her her expertise and her views and um, her experiences, as well as what does it mean for us as we relate to ourselves. So I think there's a lot in here. Before we get into the interview, a couple of things I want to do is like, first, I want to send all my love to my listeners and um, thank you for coming back. Thank you for downloading and listening to the latest um, last two episodes of She's Got Drive. And my invitation to you is to share the podcast with the women in your community and maybe just think of like one woman in your life right now who you can share She's Got Drive with and someone who you think is going to be inspired by the story, someone who you think has been inspired by some of the... um, kind of coaching that I provide on the podcast and like who's who's looking for for opportunities for growth and development someone you think of bring to mind that person and share she's got drive with them um today and you can 
if you could head over to iTunes and rate and review the show, I would appreciate that because it really matters to start to get the show back <laughs> and back on track and growing again um, like it was. So if you could do that for me, I would really appreciate it. Okay, great. So let me tell you about Demona. Demona Hoffman is a certified dating coach, radio host and TV personality. She has starred in the TV series Black Love and A Quest of Love on FYI TV. She hosts the Dates and Mates with Demona Hoffman radio show and podcast. And she's a love expert on BET.com. She has been on on Animal Planet, on NBC, on Woman's Day magazine, in Essence magazine, in People magazine, and so much more. She's certainly one of the um, key dating experts around, in, and she works out of LA. And you, I think you're going to hear some really interesting tips in this um, around relationships, as well as not more than tips, really. I, just, I don't like the word tips for this, actually. But really kind of guiding principles, if you like, and things to think about relationships. So I give you Demona. Demona, thank you so much for willing to be a guest on She's Got Drive. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Shirley. I am really wanting to find out how you got into doing the work that you're doing. Can you give us like some backstory to how you got into this kind of work of around relationships? Yeah, I think no one intends to be a dating coach. <laughs> we all just fall into it. And my story begins when I was single and I was looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> I was frustrated and working as a casting assistant at CBS television in LA. You know, I met a lot of pretty face boys that I couldn't tell if they were really interested in me or if they were more interested in what I was doing. And it was just, you know, breakup after breakup, situationship after situationship. And I, I, I'd like to say that I got clarity on it. Really, it was my boss. And she said, she said, you know, I'm just really tired of these guys that you're dating. You should try online dating. And I thought at the time, because this is, this is back in like 2001. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I can't do online dating. Like I'm in my early twenties. Like online dating is for weirdos and people in their mom's basement. <laughs> and I get dates. And she said, but no, you're, you're not getting the right kind of dates. And so at the time I was also teaching classes at night for actors and how to market themselves and how to brand themselves so that they could stand out mm-hmm. to someone like me. And I would tell them all about telling your story through your photos and cropping to, to direct the eye to what you want the person to see. And I realized when I was online dating that basically what I was teaching actors was the same thing that I was going through. I had to tell my story through photos. The dating profile photos were basically the headshots and the first date was an audition. And so once I applied the techniques that I would teach actors to my online dating technique, I ended up meeting my husband, who's the sweetest guy. Honestly, I didn't even think this kind of relationship existed at the time when my boss forced me into online dating. (laughs) But now we've been together for 17 years. We have two beautiful kids. And that seeing how easy that was for me once it all clicked in with the strategy Mm -hmm. and then being able to replicate that for friends and family 
made it clear that this was something, this was a technique that I had to share with other people. Right. So how long have you been then? Have you been a dating coach since that time, like 17 years? Uh, or were you... I hate to say it because it makes me sound really old, <laughs> but uh, yeah, over 15 years. I think I wrote wow. my first profile maybe a year after my husband and I met. Okay. And I wrote it for my cousin because he was a serial monogamist and was really struggling with online dating. And within three weeks, he was dating two girls and was freaking out because he'd only been in one relationship at a time before. And I coached him through that. And then he ended up breaking up with once, continuing to date the other. And now they're still married. They have two kids. And so it was just seeing that there was really a need for this. I initially just started doing it as a profile writer just on the side. But then as I helped people through the process, they would get on dates and then feel themselves repeating the same patterns that, that had been keeping them single. So then I got certified specifically as a life coach and then specifically as a dating coach from the IDCA that really solidified that I am teaching people all the way from pre-date to pre-marriage is really my sweet spot. But I also help people in relationships too, through my podcast. Wow. How many relationships have you supported really? How many relationships supported kind of getting together or instigating or starting and supporting people with finding their, their life I do get, Yeah, I do get asked this question a lot. And honestly, I wish I was taking no. a tally from the <laughs> beginning because people ask me all the time and I'm like, I literally don't know because I, when I started out doing this, I wasn't intending for this to be my career. You know, I was just like, Oh, I'm just helping people. So definitely in the hundreds, but you know, also through my podcast, cause I'm really, I'm a coach, but I'm also a teacher and trainer. So Mm -hmm. I have so many programs and podcasts that I also help people. I mean, people write to me all the time and are like, I've been listening to your podcast for six months and now I've, now I've met my match and I'm like, wait, maybe I'm giving away too much. I don't know, but I just really like to be of service. And so for me, it's not about my numbers. It's about if I can give you that one piece of information that flips your thinking, your perspective, your strategy, Mm -hmm. and that lands you in the relationship that you dream of. I, you know, I don't need the credit for it, but you know, 90% of the people who did my one-on-one program last year ended up in relationships within three months. And that's really been consistent over the last several years when people follow the program that I Mm -hmm. do and I have, you know, I can take you through all the steps, but Mm -hmm. putting a process around something that we think is outside of our control. Right. I I look at dating as a learned skill. And so that's what I'm wondering, because when you talk about it, it reminds me of, it was a long time ago when I, I've been married for 19 years. One of the things that I remember is really when I got fully clear about two things is when it shifted. At one point I just thought, I'm done with all of you. And then I decided to like, no, I can't be done because I want a relationship. I got clear on that. What is it that I really wanted versus what I don't want? Because I was always focusing on what I don't want. Like, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want versus like, what do I actually want? And I got clear about that. And the other was like, I had this insight about me being deserving of what I want and versus I was carrying Such something genius. like it really wasn't going to happen. Like I, I, like I don't deserve it or something was, was mm-hmm. sitting in the way. And then when that became clear, then my attention and my focus shifted. So when I was dating someone that it was clear in the beginning, it was like, there's no way. I'm, nah, he's just not the one. I just wouldn't waste any time. Yeah. And, and I it probably fell into 
place pretty quickly after you had that clarity. It did. It mm-hmm. absolutely did. And yeah. It, yeah, it absolutely did. So I think that's why, yeah, I always start my program out with a mindset piece. So it's five steps, mindset, sourcing, screening, presentation, and follow through. Mm-hmm. It's literally that simple. And people are like, it can't be that simple. No, it's literally that simple. Right. But each of those steps does require a different process. Right. And it, you know, it, it's not easy to do the work that you did to really go deep and say, what do I really need in a relationship? Mm-hmm. And how do I feel like enough? A lot of people fall into that trap that you were doing that I was doing as well, where you talk about like in your profile, all the things you don't want and you, you put it all up front because you don't want to get hurt again. Right. Right. You've been disappointed. And so we think if I just put this out there and they jump this hurdle, then it'll be okay. Right. Right. But you've probably heard the saying where attention goes, energy. Exactly. Exactly. And so if you're focusing on all the things you don't want, then you're going to wonder why you keep attracting, in my case, you know, actor, writer, musician types that are trying to get into, you know, on the casting couch (laughs) and not into my heart. You know, it's you attract that pattern. So that's why we always hear I keep getting the same thing. I keep getting these same kind of guys. You literally have to stop your brain and reprogram it. And that's exactly what I did, actually. I did a, a dating plan called Operation Date Nice Guys. And that was sort of my <laughs> cue. I'm not going to date those kind of guys anymore. Right. I'm going for something different. And it really does feel different. When you click into a relationship that's in alignment with your values mm-hmm. and with your long-term goals, it was not the same like whiz-bang, chemistry, fast burnout that I was used to before. Mm -hmm. It really is a slow burn. And I still feel like I'm getting to know my husband and like our connection is, is deepening, growing. And even through COVID and quarantine, I just like my gratitude for him grows. And I think, gosh, if I had fallen for that other thing, if I had fooled myself into thinking that that was it, where would I be right Mm -hmm. now? Mm -hmm. So many people get married and they're not really clear about what they want. And when they're in it, they're in the, I don't, in the, seeing the what of what they don't want showing up because they haven't had that clarity before. I'm with you. Like if I thought that that would turn into anything longer, that wouldn't have lasted very long. You know, the clarity and the commitment and then seeing, choosing who I chose, who's just, just so wonderful. Just like you, I think the pandemic has, we've had so much time together, which has been really great for us. And, and we, yeah, when you're in the right relationship, relationship, really great. Right. But it's also divorce rates are through the roof worldwide in China. The divorce rate really peaked in, Mm -hmm. in like February and March. And that was really the canary in the coal mine. Like, uh Oh, this is what's coming for all of us. And I think the ripple effect of this is going to be felt in a way. Of course, it is sad when any relationship ends, Mm -hmm. but I think nothing is wasted. I think every relationship has a purpose in your life. And, you know, maybe sometimes we stay in them longer or, you know, we 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 fool ourselves into believing things that ultimately we realize later are not true. But I think it's good if you can get clarity that you're not in the right relationship for you. Mm-hmm. And if, if a relationship has to end, I would rather help people through navigating through that breakup 
and starting anew than trying to fix something that is irreparably broken. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that it can, that relationships can also end well. They They don't have to end with animosity or even though you can be hurt, but still um, have respect and grace in an ending. Yeah. I have this philosophy called thank and release. Like I was saying, everyone has a function in your life that you come across. There's, there's another, there's other dating experts that are like, you know, thank you next, (laughs) you know, but that are more just like, just dispose until you are, till you get to the right one. You know, maybe I'm, I'm more of a humanist. Like I just, I like to acknowledge the person mm-hmm. for whatever reason they came across your bat, your path. So right. it's, you thank them, but then you have to release them. I am a super grounded person in case you can't tell from, <laughs> you know, the way I approach all this. And, and sometimes people say, Oh, you're so unromantic for a dating coach. Cause you're always talking about strategy, but there <laughs> is this sort of yin and yang, right. right. Of the, of it, it takes preparation but then mm-hmm. it takes a little bit of magic. It takes a little right. bit of faith and it takes the stars aligning or whatever it is. So if people want to call that woo woo, go ahead and call it woo woo. But I've seen time and time again that it works and right. that your mind is such a, it's such a powerful part of this. It, your, your mind can, it can do wondrous things or it can do terrible things mm-hmm. depending on how it's trained. So that's why I include mindset mm-hmm. in my dating coaching, because as much strategy as there is, if you haven't done the, done the foundational elements of getting your mind right and getting clarity, you're going to be building your house on a ton of quicksand. I'm with you on the magic. Whereas you say, some people may find it. I do lots of woo woo things in the woo woo category. But, mm-hmm. it, but as you said, it's very grounded at the same time with thinking, planning. Um, you get very practical, it sounds like, in your five. It looks like there were five stages in your, in your program. I, yep, dating funnel. The and if there's a leak, <laughs> you just patch it up. Then we flow some love through it. And then you get what you and want. And you, you get what you want. <laughs> so then how did you get from, okay, I'm going to leave my job. And this is what I'm, this is what I'm called to do. This is, the, this is now going to be my work. The truth of the matter is I had, I, so I was still working in television and I had worked all the way up to vice president of programming at NBC Universal mm-hmm. NB, at NBC Universal. And that was the dream job that I thought I wanted. Okay. And then I had my daughter and I came back to a job that I thought I loved and I just could not make it work. I really thought that I was the last person that would ever leave my job, especially not someone who would leave their job after having a kid. I was like, I'm going to um, drop this kid off. And then two and a half months later, I'm going to just be right back in and pick up all my shows. And then I'm going to get that senior vice president chair and then the EVP. And then I'll be, pre- I had it all planned out. Right. And this is why I also have my clients develop a plan, but also approach it with flexibility. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes you plan, you plan, you plan. And then life is dynamic yeah. and a situation happens. You didn't expect or it hits you in a different way and you are allowed to change your mind as long as you have clarity at the time you're making that decision. So I had been doing this sort of on the side and that I had this little voice in the back of my head that was like, it'd be really nice to do this like on radio or to have an advice column or gosh, even to do this on television. But I was not happy where I was in the dream life that I thought I was building for myself. I was working like 60 hours a week 
And I said, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I can't do this. And so I left with no plan. And this is like the first time I've never had, I have ever not had a plan, but right. I left my job and I, I actually started working with the coach. Cause I was like, what am I going to do with my life now? And she, she helped me really clarify what it was that made me, that made me feel full. And I was like, well, I help people with writing these dating profiles, but that's like, that's just something I do on the side. That's my side hustle. Like, that's just for fun. That's just to help people. And she's like, well, what if, what if you did that for your job? Mm -hmm. And I, I drew out all, I did these living visions that I sometimes do with my clients where I pictured my life mm -hmm. in the future. And I was like, what would it be like if I had advice column and if I had a TV show and all this stuff? Surely like the magic is real because it all very quickly fell into place. Once I, once I focused my mind, I started writing, uh, I started doing workshops for match.com mm -hmm. and then I started writing for J date and then it, and then I started doing television and then it just has continued to grow. And so a lot of times people are like, Oh, you have a column in the LA times. Like, you know, like it's like I'm an overnight sensation, <laughs> but it's, it's been a long time. Mm -hmm investing and growing and learning along the way to get to this point, a very long, gradual transition. And it just lights me up. Like I loved working in television when it was good, but there are a lot of days when it was not good. And it's funny because I work with a lot of women who are very type A, like I was very career focused. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I want a man, but basically they want a man, like they want a pair of shoes. Like right. they, they, they want it to, to have a certain fit, to have a certain look, to right. fit in but their closets are already full. And so I have to work with a lot of women in really picturing what, what is the life that you want to build? And like, they'll say to me, well, I'm a, you know, I'm a boss lady. I'm running my business. I'm making this much money. I need a guy that's more educated, that makes more money that does X, Y, and Z. And then I also want to have kids and I want, and I'm like, you can have it all, just not all at the same time. Right? right. And then what does that look like if you're working 60 hours a week and he's working 60 hours a week and you want to have kids. Are you okay with the nanny raising your child? Cause that's how it's going to be. Right. And for me, the answer to that was nope. no. And so with doing this, I was able to build the life that I really wanted, but also it filled me up in a different way. Like to be able to do this kind of work that I know is so important. There is no decision more important than who you choose to spend your life with. It will impact your finances, yep. it will impact your career path, right? Everything. It'll impact your time, everything. It impacts everything, family, yeah. relationships with family, friends. Yeah. And then when you have children, there's a world everything. that you don't even fully understand and consider, obviously, in the beginning, because right? you can't think into the details, but absolutely impacts everything. It just is a reminder, you have to do what you love. You have to spend your time with the people that you love. This is why I don't let my clients waste time on go nowhere dates or keep chatting with their FWB because it, going back to what you're saying about energy, right. it's all energy. So the more right. energy you put out, the less you have to invest in other things. Right. But sometimes fear of loneliness keeps people holding on to relationships that don't serve them. I get that. You know? I have a hundred percent been there. The immediate 
gratification is to fill your bed with mm-hmm. somebody that is meeting that need or to text and chat with someone that gives you that ping of adrenaline every time you see your phone light up with a message. It's retraining our brains in a way that's actually very unhealthy because right. we're, we're wanting that immediate gratification. But I believe in slow love. And this is what I what I teach to my clients to really let the connection develop slowly over time to let curiosity lead them to the next step. Like you don't need to know by the end of the first date, if y'all are going to get married, all you need to know is, are you curious enough to see them a second time? And that curiosity should continue to build and grow. And that's really how you know if somebody is the right partner for you, not like, do I want to rip his clothes off the first time we Mm -hmm. meet? (laughs) One thing I always tell people is that it's your job to find your best possible partner. Mm -hmm. When you know you're not in the right relationship, the most humane thing you can do for that other person is to set them free. So I talked about having shared values and having common goals for the future. But the other two elements that I see in successful long-term relationships are respect and trust. Mm -hmm. So You built that because you were friends and then communication and conflict resolution. And it sounds like also through a friendship, you're able to figure that out in a safe way that doesn't feel so risky, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you already know that you have the trust and you have the respect. Yeah. One of the things that for me and when I see it in others, when they get together with people is there's a kind of ease in the relationship in the beginning. It doesn't kind of feel like hard work. When friends come to me and they talk about meeting someone, it, they feel like they need therapy and they've only just met. I'm like, um, it, I don't understand how you want to be with someone when there's already so much tension and it doesn't feel like there's flow. So how is that something from your experience or you, do you see relationships can have that tension and that agitation in the beginning? Or is it for me, I think it should have flow. You're exactly right. I think flow is the goal. And yeah, people always say, oh, relationships are so much work. And I feel like (laughs) not really though. I mean, uh, living is work. (laughs) Like, you know, just being, uh, a mindful, thoughtful human in the modern world is work. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing that and your partner is doing that, then it's just about communicating in a way that helps you grow together. Mm -hmm. It does not feel like work for me to be married to my husband. I can tell you a lot of situations that felt like work before. And if I had stopped at that, I can't even imagine (laughs) where I would be. But you know, it reminds me of an experience I had. I did speed dating exactly one time. And, you know, in speed dating, you get five minutes to talk with all of these strangers and hopefully make a connection. And there was one guy that I was not like somebody I normally would be physically attracted to. But we sit down and I don't know how this happened, but somehow within five minutes, we we managed to have a disagreement about something. <laughs> so what did I do? I was like, hmm, putting his number down because <laughs> <You know? laughs> I was like, oh, there's passion, there's connection, there's right. there's friction, there's something happening, there's right. a spark. So, of course, he also put my number down. So we matched and we we went out a couple of times. And I have to tell you, it was the most mismatched, terrible match. <laughs> <laughs> we really had nothing in common. All we had was that 
initial friction and spark. And even like pickup artists have this strategy called negging where mm -hmm. they'll teach men to sort of, you know, dig or undermine women because it makes us feel that, that fight. And we confuse that feeling with love because right. we feel, because we have a hormonal release. Mm -hmm. So we think that that means passion and connection, but those are not the same things no. as love and respect and communication and all of those things right. that, that I was talking about. And I actually ended up while I was dating that guy, I only went on like three dates with him, but I met my husband, I think after my second date with that guy. And once I met Seth, I was like, what am I even doing? Right. What am I even doing with this other guy? I think we went out one more time, but it was just so clear. Right. The feeling was night and day different. And I just, I never wanted to go back to the, the old model mm -hmm. again. And, you know, I tell the story also to remind people like you're always growing and you're always going to be tested. Like you, you're never done. You don't just like, I got my mindset set and it's good. Like I still had my mindset mm. was like, I'm doing operation date, nice guys. And then I went out with this, you know, jerk, <laughs> right. Cause right. I felt the connection. Right. But it's, it's once you get the information, what do you do with it? What choices do you make once you, once your eyes are open? The other thing I love about what you're sharing as well, though, is you also made it fun for yourself. The operation date, nice guys was intentional, <laughs> but it's, it's, it sounds kind of playful as well. Yes. But instead of it being so like serious, if you know what I mean, when you can get so focused on something that you get so attached to it that you can lose focus on what like what the joy that that can come from it so um i'm yes, i'm loving the playfulness fun. that it that you brought to your search <laughs> thank you yeah it should be fun i talk about this a lot on my podcast as well finding ways to make dating not feel like a chore but actually feel like an opportunity, mm -hmm. an opportunity to get to know someone, to discover more about yourself. I think you learn about yourself with each date and it should be fun. So there's a lot of people that are out here just like, <laughs> just dragging, dragging their weary bones to these dates. What's your top tip on that then? I always say you want to be coming from somewhere and going to somewhere after the date. Right. So that way they already know you have an out. You, it's not, you're not going to make them feel bad. It's like, oh, I can meet you for a drink. You know, I only have about an hour because I have to do X, Y, and Z, or right. I have to get home. I have to get to bed early tonight. Whatever it is, you have the reason, but I can't wait to meet you. And that's the part that a lot of people forget. The excite, infusing it with excitement before, right. like building anticipation. That is all the dating process is is anticip anticipation. And actually I do this in relationships too. I have people set up things that you are looking forward to. Cause then even once you get into the relationship, it can turn into, you know, relationship by rote. But if True. you have a trip or a date or something that you're going to do together to look forward to, you can build anticipation for mm -hmm. that. And that's the kind of chemistry and magic that can keep being regenerated. But when you are on that first date, then you already know, like my husband says, this <laughs> says, make a decision about making a decision. So you've already decided I'm right. only staying an hour. Right. And one thing I really want to make sure 
these ladies who have drive know that it's the date doesn't get better with time. People will tell me, Oh, I had a great first date. We stayed six hours. And then he asked me out for brunch the next morning and then I slept over and it's going great. No, it is not. No, it is not. It's not going great. It's too much too soon. You're going to develop a false sense of intimacy. You're going to reveal things about yourself that otherwise wouldn't have come until later down the road when you actually had bonded. You have to, you have to take your time spacing that out, right? So, and then I like to think of a first date as a bar graph. So that energy, it's going to peak, right? It's going to peak in like a bell graph. Mm -hmm. So it's going to peak and then it's going to dissipate. The the parts of the date that you are going to remember the most are the beginning and the end. And if you extend that end time after the peak of the date, what they will remember is that low energy. And then they think, well, do I want to go out with her again? Well, I don't know. I mean, we kind of ran out of things to talk about. Maybe we wouldn't have such a great date. So you almost want to back up the graph and make it feel like the date is ending in the middle. Like it should feel like, oh, but but, but, but I wanted to, to, oh, you have to go. Yeah, I understand. Right. You did tell me you had to go in an hour. Can I see you again? That's what it has to leave with a kind of something wanting something more. You want more at the end of the day. It's hard to sustain that energy on a first or even a second date longer than 90 minutes. I challenge you to try it, <laughs> but it's really hard right. to sustain that excitement. And that's what's yeah. making dating so frustrating today and exhausting people because there's all these halfway dates, right? Where it's like, eh, I didn't hate him, but I didn't, I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm like, excited to see him again. I don't know. And then you're kind of in this limbo state where you don't really have clarity on where it's going or whether you want to see them again or whether they fit whatever it's operation date, nice guys, or Mm -hmm. whatever operation you, you are following that's right for you. I feel like COVID is changing the dating pacing a little bit and it's, it's changing people's expectations. COVID has been the biggest disruptor in dating since Tinder, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, Tinder, I think, launched in 2013. And before that point, online dating had been pretty static. Like my system didn't really change from 2001 to 2013. And then from 2013 to now, it hadn't changed until COVID. So I tell you right now was not is not the same thing as what it was three months ago. Three months ago, everybody was like, this is really great. I can do very thorough screening from home and I can have these chats and I can feel connected. And I'm really loving dating apps and this is, this is kind of new and fresh and exciting. Mm-hmm. And then fatigue set in. Now everyone is in this period of frustration. So they don't want the halfway in, halfway out, mm-hmm. but there's fear right now at this right. very moment over who can I actually see? So right. for a while, I was seeing a lot. It was all virtual dates, right? Mm -hmm. So now there's a calculation that happens of if we do a virtual date, now can we actually do a social distance date? And then at what point can Mm -hmm. we take the masks off and be exclusive? So now I'm seeing that it was like fast, 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 fast before COVID. Like just get as as many matches in your queue, as many chats going as possible, go on as many dates as you can. And then we'll filter 
through. Right. Now I'm seeing a lot more emphasis put on the filtering process. But then once somebody passes the filtering process, it's green light go. Everybody is rushing into relationships and wanting commitment right away and wanting somebody to commit to bubbling with them, not being right. with anyone else. Right. And that's also not the healthiest thing for relationships because it's forcing people to have to make this decision when right, we yeah. were still supposed to be in this slow love evaluation period, right. you know? Right. So I'm thinking that maybe if we can take the best parts of all of it, mm -hmm. like I always had my clients do a screening phone call, have really embraced the phone call because it does help them vet before they get their makeup on. Yep get their high heels on and actually go out to the date. It's an in-between screening step, but we can't stay in that phase, but we also can't jump right into now we're cohabitating. That is, has been happening a little bit too fast. Wow. So we have to find that sweet spot. And we also have to clarify, like there's a difference between, I need to understand your COVID risk tolerance mm -hmm. and behaviors. Mm -hmm. And like, I need you to commit to me tomorrow to be my boyfriend. Right. One thing that's constant is people are going to what partnership, right? That's never going to change. Right. People want love. People need, need sex. They need affection. They need connection. Mm -hmm. But the way that it unfolds and the technology available to us, I mean, even just the way we communicate, people like to blame dating apps and they say, Oh, this, all this, the speed of dating increasing and the ghosting and the frustration, all that is because of dating apps. I don't look at it that way at all. I actually think it's much more because of our communication style changing mm -hmm. and texting becoming a, the, I think texting primary. is the primary mode of communication. Right. And I always, I used to say at the very beginning, remember I've been doing this 15 years, texting's for information and not conversation. But I've had to kind of adapt that as, as texting has taken a more of a primary role mm -hmm. in the way that we talk to one another. But I still feel that people are trying to gain too much information over text that you yeah. could never really find out. And then you also reveal things over text that you would never say. <laughs> right. One of my clients was saying they were asked why they're, they got divorced, why their marriage ended over text. Hello, no. honey, you have not earned that information no. from me. I, I haven't even met you. And not in a text. Uh-uh. Not in dating. No, we're flirting. We're dating. There's, there's an element of mystery. Right. So you can say, oh, honey, why would I talk about my ex when I could talk about you? Because really, they're not really trying to learn about your ex. They're trying to see if you have any red flags, if you're a safe right. person for them to invest their time in. And really, ultimately, everybody just wants to talk about themselves. I mean, I think that's true for all of us relying on text. I remember like, me and my friends have got into this, like, can we go old school and just pick up the phone? And not even, like, we don't have to arrange to call each other. Can we just, like, pick up the phone and have random calls and then just leave a message? Like, as if we used to leave messages on the answer machine, like, back in the day. It's yeah. Like, can we go a bit more to that way of being that I miss? I miss that kind of, can we just drop around each other's houses without, like, are you in? Are you in? Yeah, I'm in. You know, why do we need to arrange everything? You know, um, like we've got into that kind of scheduling, arranging and disconnecting from that kind of being with each other. Anyway, that's a little, you can hear my soapbox on that one. Um, I love your soapbox. I'm with you on that. I mean, I've become victim to it too. I'm, you know, I'm a type A kind of gal. I love my schedule. I have everything mapped out to the minute, but it is, it is really nice. Like I, 
I called my sister the other day and we talked for 90 minutes on the phone. Right. And and I wasn't driving anywhere. <laughs> I was just like sitting in my room talking to my sister. And I can't tell you the last time that I had that kind of deep conversation with somebody where, you know, and it wasn't on video chat because on video chat, you're also so self-conscious of you're looking at how you look, you know, you're, you're also thinking about, well, what's behind me? Well, what's behind them? What's going on? You know, it's just, there's all these other layers that when you're just on the phone connecting, I do my, my sessions with my clients just on the phone whenever right. possible. And people are like, whoa, can we do Zoom? Can we do video chat? And it's like, I, I'd rather not, not because I don't want to get my makeup on. I mean, I don't, I hate wearing makeup. <laughs> I should have never, never started doing television. But besides that, I want you to be able to go inside mm-hmm. and to, to play in your mind. And when you're thinking about video, when you have the video in your face, you're, you're not as able to get to those deep introspective right. places. Damona, where would you, where would you say that your work is going in the future? Where would you like to be taking your work? Well, I wish I knew the future, but I can tell you from my short range plans, I have moved a lot of my coaching online just because there's only so many hours of the day. So I couldn't coach all of the people that I wanted to work with one-on-one but I'm launching groups and also on, I have online programs that make my work accessible because honestly, I've done all the system. I make it really easy. It mm-hmm. should be easy to follow. I love shepherding people through the process, but I also love to see that when people can read something or consume a video or an audio and then their life can change, that is so exciting for me, honestly. Right. I host a business podcast for Fresh Books called I Make a Living. It's all Mm -hmm. about the lifestyle of entrepreneurs. I'm doing other content for, I'm doing meditation content for apps. So I just want to support people and help people wherever they are and have really the dating and relationship content be the, the driver of, of all of that. Okay. Well, I look (laughs) forward to seeing what emerges in the other areas. Dating isn't an area that I'm needing work in, but (laughs) the other areas of um, I'm interested to see what else emerges for you in, in that world. If someone wanted to um, find you, where would they find you? Well, of course, I have the Dates and Mates podcast, which has mm-hmm. new episodes every Monday. Season eight just launched. And so we have these kind of conversations every week there. And you can also find that at datesandmates.com. Mm-hmm. And then I have other little goodies at datesandmates.com if uh, people are having trouble getting their profile started or need a little refresh I have a profile starter kit and other things that they can enjoy for free at datesandmates.com and I'm on socials of course at Demona Hoffman and I love getting questions for dates and mates there too so if any of your listeners are like I need I need Demona's advice and love you can DM me at Demona Hoffman and you could be on a future show or in my LA Times Dear Demona column thank (laughs) you so much for being on the show and sharing your your wisdom and your experience and your guides to people in this current moment as well so I really appreciate you thank you so much thank you I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life well as I said this is a bit different so some of you might be thinking well you know I'm in a relationship I'm not looking for love then I think we need to think about what is it that we 
do now that we could do differently? What is it that we're, what are our expectations that we have and how they're getting fulfilled or not? And, um, and also what is it, what is this, what, when we're in relationship, what does it mean to us and how do we apply some of the things that Simone has been talking about to our existing relationships? And then if you're not in a relationship, I think in these COVID times, it's so challenging to find a partner and I know that certainly one of the things I've been um, present to is for those people who have been living on their own in these times, how challenging it is um, when you're not in relationship and and how lonely it can be. So I hope that you hear something that gives you some inspiration to go out and take action and find that partner for you whoever that partner is whatever your dream partner is and and the dream is your own dream right and it you define that you define who it is that you want to the type of person that you want to spend your life with and I think one of the things that Demona brings in is just like how do we challenge some of those notions that we're holding that's hope from the past that allows us to expand what we think about or who we think about of who our life partner could be so I hope you're taking a lot away from this. I would love to hear your feedback on this episode as well. Um, so you can always contact me um, either through my Instagram. You can DM me there. Or if you go to my She's Got Drive um, Facebook page. Or the third thing is if you go to my website, shirleymacalpine.com forward slash contact me. And if you send me an email, I can respond to you there. She's Got Drive is produced by Cassandra Voltolina. The music is by the awesome or female band Blonde. The song is called Circles. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, go well and stay well. <laughs>